Hanging out with love, hanging out with love, hanging out with love, hanging out with love. Love and light, everyone. This is Love from the Platform, Hanging Out with Love, and I am your confidence coach. Today, I have Shelly D sitting here with me. She is a wonderful mom. She is an activist, and she is seriously into a little bit of everything. I want her to be able to describe herself to you, so I'm going to turn it over and allow her to introduce herself. So thank you, love. I am Shelly D, a Raleigh native. Um, when it comes to just describing myself, I would say that I am very determined. I would say that, and very resilient, so I will put both of those in there. So when it comes to just describing me, it is one who has been through many things. Uh, but at the end, you know, like right now I am in, get my, I will graduate in May for my master's in social work with also be able to be a certified licensed um, substance abuse addiction specialist. Mm -hmm. And then just a lot going on, like from community, motherhood to, you know, school, so career. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, just living life loving at the same time i love that and one thing i have noticed about you since we've met is that you really don't put a title on one thing like you never say oh i'm a clinical addiction specialist or i work in the school system so i can see that each of the areas that you are involved in you give it that much more effort you don't say okay well Yes, of course, you're always going to be a mom first, but your parenting takes precedence over that because a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm a I'm a full time mom. Right. Or I'm a full time this. But you're like, I do a lot of things. I would describe myself as determined. You have your hands in different places, but it's not really a hierarchy, you know, from what it seems. It's like I put forth the same effort in this as I do that. Yes, because I'm a true believer in you have to put yourself first. Mm. I feel like if you are not good yourself or if you're not taking care of yourself or place you first, then how are you good for anything else? Mm. So my happiness is not determined on my mothering or my happiness is not determining on my career. Mm. It's really just like determines on me. And when it determines, when I place all my happiness into myself and my joy into myself and healing into myself, it gives me the ability to be able to just be that much better of a person for everybody else or for any other mm -hmm. things I want to do. And then I also feel like you don't have to box yourself. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like you can have a lot of goals. You just have to be willing to work towards them and understand what you want to have your or I guess you could say you want to wear many hats, what that is going to look like, mm -hmm. how that's not going to be the same for somebody who is wanting to go down one path. And that's okay too, but to just place myself in one path would really be limiting myself on just either my dreams, goals, and just ability altogether. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's crazy that you mentioned that because well, crazy for lack of better words. We're not supposed to use the C word as clinicians. But when you say that, it's like some people 
look at it the total opposite way. They're like, if they can't say what they do, then they're not disciplined or they can't think, uh, you know, one way. They're not able to stick with something, but that's not the case. I mean, even myself, I'm a serial entrepreneur, but every endeavor that I start, I continue. And if I decide to let go of it for whatever reason, like I used to have a natural skincare line. So I had my shea butters and natural toothpaste and all of that stuff. And I decided to end that journey. It started in 2016, but I ended it June 30th of this year because I'm like, I don't want to sell products anymore. I like service-based businesses and I can put a way higher price on my time than I can on a product. Right. So um, I decided to do that and people are like, well, why, why'd you stop? You know, they, they see you one way, but you can see yourself in so many different lights, you know? So I say all that to say for all of you listening, please make sure that you are making sure you define yourself. Other people will always have an opinion about what you're doing or what you're not doing. Mm -hmm. So you really just have to live life for you. And anything that you set out to do, see it to completion. Don't play with it. Yeah, and I used to tell people that, you know, we're such a sensitive time right now. Mm -hmm. You know, very aware that just one opinion. um, I tell people in general, you can't live for other people. Why? Because even just think about it, just as quick as social media will love you, they'll turn around and hate you. Mm. And so you have to take that in consideration of when I'm speaking my opinion, somebody's going to not like it. Or somebody isn't going to like the way I do things, uh, what I'm doing, maybe even how I'm doing it. But at the end of the day, I'm not here to please you. Mm. You are more than welcome to as I say, delete me, mute me, you know, hide me, unfriend me, however so, because I'm living for me. I came in this world by myself, and when I exit, it will be by myself. Mm -hmm. So who am I to, you know, go the path just because that's what society sees? Even think about just the fact of how the world itself is. Think about different topics that are now um, very just important to the community where, as we grew up 10 years ago, it was not a topic or mm-hmm. it was something that silenced or um, even now, even the respect that we even give, you know, the LBGT community. Think about how in the past, a lot of the ignorance many people had had just because it was not a talk about topic or mm-hmm. things like that. So it's the world is going to change. It's going to evolve. Opinions mm-hmm. now may not be the same opinions later. So you can't live off of other people. Like, Exactly. I completely agree with that. And you never know how you taking a stance in something can make other people change because that's really what it is. Somebody decided, well, I don't really care what you think. And then somebody thought to say, well, why do you feel this way? Mm -hmm. And that opinion can spark global change. You know, it really only takes one soul. So um, I appreciate that. And for those of you who have been listening so far, you know that our series this month is on character traits, which I think this is the perfect segue because today we're talking about self-control. And the reason why this is one of the traits I wanted to talk about is because I remember a point where I really didn't have self-control. I may have had it from maybe a, a sexual perspective, you know, being able to abstain or um, not overeating, but when it came to my emotions, namely anger, I didn't know how to channel that. I didn't know how to receive it. You know, I could feel sad, but the emotion that I'm showing on the outside is anger. 
And so self-control comes into play because you find yourself, when you get overwhelmed with emotions, you're not able to handle it. You can't manage. Now, it's cool when you're not overwhelmed, right? You feel something and something makes you angry and you're like, all right. But the more you do that and the more you sort of neglect that side of yourself, the deeper the problems become. You know, they don't go away. So I had to learn self-control. And how I did that was by first listening to some elders that I had in my life. But also I had to get to a point where I was tired of where I was. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, why am I so angry when someone says this? What are these triggers for me? And I remember when I was in high school, I was getting suspended for the second time in two weeks. And the first time I got three days for fighting. And then the second week I got three days for fighting. But they were only giving me three days because my academics, you know, my grades. So they're like, oh, this is abnormal for her. But they don't know me outside of school. Right. (laughs) So um, they're like, well, what's making you so angry? And I'm like, I'm not angry. And I'm genuinely feeling like I'm telling the truth. You know, like I'm not angry about anything. But once I dug a little bit deeper, it was like, wow, I'm angry about a lot. Right. And each time somebody does something to me, if they try me, I take it as, Oh, you're provoking me. Like, you want me to unleash all this wrath on you. Coming from me. (laughs) Right. Like, you have no idea what's under the surface. And so I was really hurting people, you know. And that could have ended badly. Because what people don't know about fights, yeah, it seems cool in the moment. You know, you're trying to get all your anger out. And, you know, there's this clout around whether or not you can fight or not. I used to wear that as a badge of honor. You know, my cousins, I would go to the family reunion and they all like, what's up, Mayweather? You know, making jokes and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's not funny. <laughs> but at the so same I just time, you're like, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> but you know not. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I really wore that. But after a while, it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. You know, so self-control, it can come in so many different forms for so many people. They have different vices. Like you are studying and pursuing your license as a clinical, a clinical addiction specialist. And so when you embark on that, those individuals have things that became vices for them and later on became addictive Mm -hmm. because there was a control thing, you know, an escapism. I can't handle what I'm going through right now and I want to escape. Or maybe I want to fit in with this crowd and here's this party drug like a lot of people in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, I'm addicted to it. Um, And so I say that to say a lot of things can become addictions. The adrenaline from fighting, people being intimidated by you once they, okay, there's somebody antagonizing you, which I, I never was the aggressor. But I'm always like, if you start it, I'm definitely going to finish it, you know. And that became an issue. But I realized, like, I'm I'm addicted to this. It's something that I'm getting from it. It's a release. Not realizing dopamine, serotonin, Mm -hmm. all of these different hormones are being released in my body as I'm engaging in this. So I wanted to ask you, how do you define self-control if someone were to ask you what that meant? If someone asked me, 
I mean, it really is just what the word says, I guess, in so many ways, you know, like self-control is just you having control. It's you being able to put your yourself first and control the narrative. Mm -hmm. And I say that just, you know, kind of like what you were saying, so many things that because we don't have control in one area, we control another. Or even in that same path of my um, adolescence of expressing myself with anger, like, I was never, I remember when I got pregnant with my son, I was crying. I was like, mom, why am I crying all the time? And she was like, that's always been a vulnerable trait to you. Like you, you just never been a crier. So this is all so new. And it's like, yeah, because when I felt emotions, I went straight to anger. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I'm not an arguer. You know, back then, if you were to engage with me in any type of argument, I'm going to fight. Because right. I just don't want to talk to death. Like, let's just go ahead and put hands in it. Or if you hurt me, <laughs> I want to hurt you. You know, mm -hmm. I was the one that I would go low. <laughs> I would go low on my comebacks. And you may say, oh, that's off limits. No, nothing is off limits because you hurt me. And instead mm -hmm. of me communicating hurt, I'm going to communicate something, I'm going to hurt you, and then let you look at me as if I'm not hurt. But um, it's just being able to really put yourself first and having that control on, you know, everything. Um, and I can't say everything, something's out of your control, but mm -hmm. just the things that you can in a positive way, in a way that is healthy, uh, instead of, you know, going to things or picking up bad habits or addictions in that case or any type of um making excuses like at some point you have to be willing to just kind of uh, i guess how you say is you have to be willing to stand like stand for yourself like just mm -hmm. stand up mm, that's good and that um when you said that the word boundaries popped into mm -hmm. my head because sometimes it's a matter of who you're keeping around you what kind of things you're allowing because had I not allowed certain things around me, there was a lot of situations I would have never been in. As a matter of fact, a lot of the, the beef or any of the engagements I was in, they really had nothing to do with me. It was like, okay, well, I'm affiliated with this person that you don't like, so you I'm an me. easy target. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't have, I don't even talk to these people. Or if I know my friend is some drama, it's going to be, oh, they said they're going to jump you. All right, I'm pulling up to the party. But then I got tired of getting kicking out, kicked out of all the teen clubs, you know, because they they be taking people's money anyway. But you go in there, <laughs> pay a little $15, <laughs> <laughs> and then you be in there for like an hour, and then they kicking everybody out like, oh, no, y'all got to get out. It's too much drama, da da da, da. And I'll be like, ain't nothing happening here. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. The point is people have to set boundaries. And once I started to set boundaries, it was like, People hated that. Like, how dare you say that you can't come over here or you can't hang out with those people? And it's like, it's not personal. I'm mm -hmm. over here. You know, you can come kick it with me. But that's just not something that I can do. I know that my level of self-control is not there. And it took me a while to get to that point where I felt like, okay, now it doesn't really matter what I'm surrounded by. I'm not going to intentionally put myself there. But if I'm in an environment and this comes around, I can read the energy and just steer clear of certain people because I know like you're ignorant. You get what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. that right there is going to make me slap fire from you. So mm -hmm. I'm going to stay in my bubble, you know. But I'm I'm aware of that now. 
And it also doubles because I feel like God puts us in situations like that for a reason. You have to know how to defend yourself. However, I'm not supposed to be using that as my first resort for everything. I'm a thinker now. And before there was no thoughts. It was just like, what? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's understanding too that, you know, even though some situations God places in, there's some situations he try to keep us away from. Mm-hmm. And that goes into knowing those things as well. Like my biggest thing I tell people is like and it can be used into self control, but if you control the access that people have to you, if you literally put boundaries and eliminate that all you end up with is good vibes and good times and people who are willing to, like I say to everyone, um, you know, we were always, we were grown, we grew up in an era where we were taught to be selfless. Mm-hmm. We was always taught like, oh, don't be selfish, you know, do this for this person or be there for this person, like, or give to this person. And just as I grew up, I learned that, no, you need to be more selfish than selfless. Because our energy that we give on being selfless, we're giving more of us at times that, one, it may not be there to give or we're not getting back. Mm -hmm. So you have to be selfish with just what you put into other people you have to be selfish with who you give your time to you have to even be selfish on what you condone uh, even if it's recreational entertainment personal career-wise like you really have to go back to like boundaries go back to self-control because you have to look at what's your end goal mm-hmm. my my biggest thing is protect my peace right that is like the staple if i was probably you know still back in the day in the hood i had a tatted probably across my chest <laughs> but protect my peace like my peace is so important to me that mm-hmm. i've had i've been in a peaceful state for so many years and i'm not going to say like things don't go wrong i'm not going to say you know i don't get stressed or mm-hmm. you know yes but just collectively if it comes down to me I have been happy and at peace for so many years that even if someone did come in with the intent to not necessarily bring me that, my it's almost like a, my body rejects it or I mm. reject it like immediately just because I have set that boundary. I have that control. You could be my best friend and if I feel that I should be able to get something from this relationship as well as you, mm-hmm. everyone around you should bring you some type of something. Right. I, I'm huge on that where... People are like, oh, you always expect. Absolutely, I expect. I expect that I am, you giving me something, whether mm-hmm. it is emotional, physical, psychology, I mean, psychological, something. Like, something is coming from this relationship mm-hmm. that I should be gaining and vice versa. But I'm considering myself. And if I'm not, then I need to reevaluate what we're doing here. Right. Yes, because relationships have to be symbiotic, which is that give and take. And... I feel like going back to that, knowing yourself is very important too because I know I'm a giver. And I know when I do encounter people, especially if I know they have a concern, I'll ask them like, okay, well, do you want some advice about this? Or do you want me to point you in the direction of some resources for it, right? So if I have that type of mentality where I'm always looking to help people find their own solutions, I want something back from that person as well. And sometimes for me, that's just knowing that they listened. You know, they followed up and said, hey, Miss Love, I tried this. You know, I went to this website, it worked out, or my business is growing. That's something that I see often with the Think Garden. 
you know, them just coming back and saying, hey, I listen to you. So I know what I'm saying is not falling on deaf ears. Um, And so I'm definitely glad you said that because self-love is one of the biggest things that I discuss on the platform in addition to self-confidence. And when you don't pour that love into yourself, your confidence depletes right along with Mm -hmm. it. It's like you can't have one without the other. I can't not take care of myself and expect to still be in a good mental state. And that can go, you know, off kilter at times. Like I know for myself, if I'm particularly stressed out, I'm not thinking about taking care of myself. But when I look at it and I'm like, you know what, I'm kind of tired. Oh, yeah, I haven't I haven't done this. I haven't done that. You know, let me take a bath. Let me go get my hair done. Just do something to really mentally reset. And then I often find myself in positions where it's like, wow, I haven't been alone for like two weeks. Like, I'm always around somebody. So let me go to my apartment and just sit in my hole for a couple days. (laughs) You one of those. (laughs) Definitely. Introvert to the core. Which, one thing I can say, because I have, I'm learning to master my energy if I'm around people, I don't have that point where I feel like, okay, now I'm drained and I got to go. If right. I'm out, I'm out. You know, whereas before it was like, look, I hit this threshold and I be rushing people like, don't drive me nowhere. Because I'm going to be like, I'll give you some gas money. Take me home. You know, it's but. It's so funny, you know, <laughs> difference of introvert. Because I'm an extrovert. <laughs> but I tell people and, you know, I always say I'm an extrovert. I say I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person who don't like people. Mm. And I just say that in the aspect of like, I'm, I'm social at the same time. I'm. And I'm a Scorpio, so I'm very mindful. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm that one looking at my surroundings. I will categorize everybody. Like, you may see me with 12 people and say, oh, they're all, oh, you have a lot of friends. Oh, no, what you don't know is I've categorized. That's my associate. That's their friend. This is my friend. That's my best friend. This is my, <laughs> like, no, because I understand that everybody is not the same. I understand that I don't have a relationship with everybody the same. So just because I am being polite and social does mm-hmm. not mean that that's my friend or hey this person's just great to party with you know Mm -hmm. i had to i've always been that type of person i'm just categorizing everybody on what they bring to me with me how so just because i don't i take a lot of stuff when it comes to me personally i'm loyal um trustworthy and i go hard kind of like how you back in the day Mm -hmm. a lot of my battles were not my battles a lot of things I did when I look back at people, I'm like, man, like that wasn't even my fight, you know. Or mm-hmm. I'm I'm more upset than the person that's involved. Right. You know? So like, get like, mad. Yeah, like I'm mad like that shit. Why you go over to do that to his car? I'm like, nah, cause he hurt you. You know. <laughs> but it's it was things like that. So I categorize, you know, but it's just funny when you hear introvert and how, you know, you all's perspective of just those same environments mm-hmm. and an extrovert who can sit in as myself. And as long as it's good energy, good vibes, like I am the one. See, you drive because you're like, listen, I maybe want to go home. I drive because when you're ready to go home, I might want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not leaving when you're ready to leave. So, all right, I'm going to holler at y'all later. That's why I drove. <laughs> right. Text me when you get home. That's My friend just told me that last night. So, what happened, we were going out. I don't really know her friends that well, but I'm not one of those people who like, oh, who's over there? Used to definitely be that way. Like, who coming? <laughs> Oh, I don't know her. I can't go. You get what I'm saying? And but see, now I don't it's like, either you coming or you not. Like, are you coming for me or are you coming for them? Because you worry about who's going to be there when you know I would put you in that type of situation. So are you coming? Because you're not cool. 
See, and you not putting people in that type of situation, that's very different. Where I have been in some situations right, right. where they did put me in that yeah, situation. Nah, just, yeah. It was like, look, I don't know what she got going on, but it's <laughs> it's about to be up for real. So I definitely, I've grown a lot, put it that way. So we're going out and uh, they were just taking a long time. I mean, I pulled up at 630 ready. Like, okay, well, what's the plan? The plans weren't concrete. Her babysitter gets there. It's around 1030. We done made runs. She got to go to the store, do this. And I'm like, my energy is draining by the hour. It's been four of them. So by the time 12, just, yeah, I think it was right around 12 o'clock. By the time 12 o'clock hit and they were like, all right, well, we're about to go to the bar. And da 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 We had already pre-gamed a little bit. I say, yeah, uh Y'all go ahead. I got something to do tomorrow. I got to drive to Durham. And, um, yeah, I'll let you. So she like, all right, text me when you get home. I'm like, I got you. Did I you can do that. Up? I did. Okay, because, you know, y'all people 50-50. I ain't going to lie. You telling me that. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Depending on the mood and the fire. Hit you in the morning. Like, hey, you good? Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> oh, you didn't hit me. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Right. If I remember, I'll definitely do it. Yeah. I'm always like, let me get back, you know, just so they know I'm safe. I am that person. I think that's like the commonality now. Um, you know how the same way we greet someone, you're saying like, hey, how are you? I mean, um, how are you doing? Even mm-hmm. though I tell people, sometimes we say, hey, how are you doing? Which I'm trying to be mindful of doing that because we don't care. You know, if you look at sales, think about it. If you go into like a variety, you go, go to a store in the mall. The first time you walk in, you know, they're like, hey, how are you doing today? Or good morning. How you when if that same person would have said, my dog died. I just came from funeral. That messed up your whole sale. <gasps> so it's like changing the concept of how we talk. Mm. But now the new one is, you know, text when you get home. And granted, a lot of us mean well and say want to text. But how many people really do text when they get home? Not too many. <laughs> and sometimes I think people do that just like, oh, well, let me say this so they think that I care, but I know they probably ain't going to text me. Same scenario. Now, me, I'm not going to lie. For years, I did not ask people how they were doing because I'm like, I don't care. So I'm not going to ask you that if I genuinely don't care. So if I ask you how you're doing, I really mean that. Like, how are you doing? You know, I want to know. But if somebody says, hey, love, how you doing? I'd be like, I'm good. Thank you. I don't say, I'm good. How are you? I'm mindful of the language that I use. So I feel that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And I'm mindful matters. and don't say, I don't say I'm good anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other one. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing of, hey, how you doing? Or, you know, that's, and I would say those are Southern things, that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just because of where we from in general. And so people say, hey, how you doing? And you hey, like, they don't care or at the same time, when I answer back, I don't always say I'm good because that was another thing that we do. We, mm-hmm. And I guess that goes in that whole masking as well. Is we're like, oh, I'm good. No, I'm good and well. I'm stressed and tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sleepy. I don't want to be here or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So I may say, you know, it's okay day or mm, I'm hanging in days there. Or, yeah. Right. So now I'm mindful on that aspect mm-hmm. of just making sure when I respond, I respond honestly to myself, mm-hmm. regardless what you meant or entail, but I'm not going to always say I'm good. And I know it's a little bit, maybe even off topic, but I always say too, that goes into the whole facade of a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. Strong black woman has so many different, you know, um, verbiage under it that is not necessarily positive in the trait of a strong woman because mm-hmm. it's more so 
not having self-control because you're putting others first. You know, you're not expressing your own emotions. You're not saying you need help. It's okay to cry, all those things. And it goes into that whole staple of just saying, I'm good. When no, I'm not good. Like, mm. I don't have to sit here and just say I'm good because, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. And I'm I'm glad that you said that because it took me a long time to get to that point where I could really have that vulnerability. And part of that came from this platform because I'm like, you're talking to women mm-hmm. and we're emotional. So you're going to have to be real with yourself about what's going on with you. And that doesn't mean I have to share everything. I'm still a very private person. But when it comes to my emotions, if I'm not really having a good day, I'll verbalize that. Like, hey, I turned my calendar off for today. Or, you know, I'm not taking or I'm not going to be doing any videos for a while. I don't mind taking some time to myself. Because if I don't pour love and light into me, I can't be that vessel for them. Mm -hmm. So, um... That's really interesting. So another thing that I thought about, too, was the aspect of a strong black woman when it comes to relationships, because I do talk about relationships a lot. And even for black men, a black woman being vulnerable is a difficult thing for them. Like that has to be an adjustment. So I'll say namely, um, I was dating someone previously who it's like I could not really be tired or have a bad day. And I wouldn't try to push through it. I'm like, look, I told you I don't feel like going. I don't want to be, you know, like I don't want to be around them or don't touch me right now. Right. Tomorrow, you know, like (laughs) I'm good. And so it took him a while to adjust to it. But now he's like, oh, you know, you're a, a princess, you know, like everything has to be your way. And yeah, sort of. I mean, I'm still flexible in that I know like I said it's still the give and take but I got to be mindful of me and how I feel first and I think part of that comes from black women their mothers not being honest about what they're going through mommy are you okay you look tired no I'm okay baby I'm a cook I'm gonna help you with your homework like they're pushing themselves to the limit so your mom did it and now you think that I'm gonna no sir like I'm not that Mm -hmm. And if that's what you need to feel like a man or to feel secure in the relationship, I can't be that for you. It's a, that all goes into a lot of discussion. And the reason I say it goes into a lot of discussion because the whole staple behind a strong black woman, I feel like, is generational trauma. Mm. And the reason I state that is it's not even just our mothers. You have to think about it. If you go all the way back even during slavery, you know, even when it came down to a bath, mm-hmm. the husband went. The kids went. The wife went last. If you go down to, you know, what the black woman did, she was taking care of other people's kids before taking care of hers. She was taking care of other people's homes. Um, Even with taking care of her husband, I put money on it. She knew more or possibly could step into his line of work if necessary just because of how much she put of herself into that him. And... That was an era where you couldn't fall apart. You couldn't, you know, be vulnerable because Mm -hmm. just like Malcolm X said, I mean, you know, the least protected is a black woman. You know, the least respected, the most neglected is a black woman. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's such a chain of effects from back then to, you know, previous to now. It's like, and even think about times where, you know, when it comes to work and stuff, I tell them, like, even with that strong black woman, 
that's why when we go into the workplace and we express ourselves, we're considered the angry black woman mm -hmm. because we are showing emotion, whether it is of anger or sadness or, oh, you know, it's like we had a negative label every time we expressed ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then now, sadly, in this new generation, when you see on social media, um, men tear women up and down depending mm -hmm. on her opinion depending on the fact that she is not submissive in public just with her expression of life or opinion you know compared to and it's like it's, it's just a full circle even for a man to understand why is it that because I am vocal very vocal on my needs my wants and my desires or even my emotions why do I have to be uh, oh, you do a handful or, mm -hmm. you know, over the top or princess. Like, mm -hmm. why do I have to have such a label by just because I want the ability to express when I need help, express that, you know, how I feel and it may not be a good feeling, mm -hmm. and let alone express good feelings or express I'm tired and I'm tapping out today. Like, why does it have to have such a negative label? And it's generational, even mm -hmm. for that man. It's, oh, my mom had five, ten jobs. Okay, that was your mother. You know, and I'm pretty sure we can go back and really talk to her. She would tell you some things behind closed doors that broke her health wise, emotionally, like, you know, just physically all because of what she was doing, mm. because she was not, you know, that too goes into self-control of also, you know, just protecting who you are by expressing who you are. But at the same time. Being okay with the fact that everybody is just not going to be able to just um, reciprocate the, the feelings and emotions that you're expressing right. or the need and not even judging them always on the fact that they're like that. Because I always sometimes in my head, it's just like, you don't know no better or people. It's so many different ways that people think now that is just baffling but at the same time it's understandable because if you think of the progress we have made mm -hmm. compared to our parents like my dad always says that our generation the millennials especially as um, 80 90s babies we're the generation of change mm. a lot of this stuff that's been happening even think about diet you know, we didn't grow up. Our parents weren't eating vegan stuff or no pork or any type of all these healthy smoothie places that are around now. Mm -hmm. Those started to come alike between our generation. You know, even just the respect, our generation, even when it comes to even just questioning. Like, he'll even say his generation, they took what they were taught and kept going. Mm -hmm. We took it and then we evaluated and then we kept going, deciding right. what we we're going to take with us. Mm -hmm. so, like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Right. People don't like that. Mm -hmm. I ran into that recently with two different people. Um, me just asking questions because I don't just ask a question. You answer it and I'm like, well, how come this? Well, that doesn't make sense. You said that and now you get what I'm saying. And it forces that person to be like, okay, well, what do I mean by this? And sometimes they don't know. Or they do know, but it's like, who are you to question me? Well, you as the messenger, it's your responsibility to make sure I understand. So if I still have questions, that means you didn't explain it the way you were supposed to. And if it's an issue for you to explain something to me, maybe we shouldn't be having this conversation, yeah. period. Because that's, that's weird to me. It's like if somebody doesn't understand something, that's just like if I'm dealing with a child. I have to make it make sense to you, even if I need to go to YouTube and find a video or find an article and educate myself on how to give the information. But as the messenger, that is my role. And it's 
your job to be open and receptive to what I'm saying. Because sometimes you can explain it to a person in a million different ways, but they just didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So they're not accepting it, you know. But that's not the case for me. I'm like, I'm genuinely trying to understand and make sure that we're on the same page. They don't like that. They don't like being questioned. And I remember, I mean, I've been in a space like that. Like, why are you asking me so many questions? But for me, it was never from an informational standpoint, like based on education. For me, it was more so like, okay, you're trying to be in my personal business and Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell you that. And that's another thing that goes with self-control and boundaries. Just because somebody asks you something personal, you don't have to answer that. Some people really feel like, oh, well, because I asked you a question, you have to tell me what I want to know. I will decline because I've done that. My um, <laughs> just even in the past, like my sister was dating someone. I met them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, I met them out. We both met them at the same event when my best friend's birthday. And then like that following week, I'm at home. Um, and I have a friend over from high school, but we're just like like really just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And she comes in the house, so it's like you don't know me. And her first one of her first questions was, "Oh, so how do you two know each other?" Talking about me and the gentleman. I was like. Sweetheart, you just got in my house, low-key. You're not even supposed to be here because since you're with my sister, you know, I allowed you to come in. Yeah, that's none of your business. Like, Mm. we're not there. We're not there. There's certain things you can ask depending on who you are in my life. And a lot, like I tell you, I am open book to the extent. Like, Mm -hmm. everything that I put out there, please be mindful that I want you to know. Right. So, understand that there's a whole bunch behind the scenes that you don't know because I am very private. Mm -hmm. Or, um... And so, yeah, she, you know, she kind of like laughed. My sister knowing me, and I think that too comes with like how you say people don't like that, but it's so funny is I actually, the older I get, the more people like it. Mm. You know, I was criticized when younger because I was very vocal. Um, one thing I had never been shy away is speaking my mind. Of course, now I did have to learn how to do it and... And have some tact. Right, yes, you know, (laughs) like, all right, Shelly, like, you got to say it. You can't say it like that. You know, it can hurt people's feelings or dot, dot. Mm -hmm. But it was, it's just so funny. Literally, I just posted this one time in my story. I was like, it's so funny. The things that I was criticized or people didn't like me for or just, like, you know, put their staple on. Like, even in, in, was it sixth grade? One of those grades. I won the award most talkative and I wasn't, I have, I was not secure to say that I was talking like, you know, friends talking, Mm. but I was one that I would rebuttal. And so, um, now that in this space and even older people love it, like people will really come to me and say, Shelly, see, I knew you would give me a different perspective or I knew you would um, be honest. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I came to you. And I said, yeah, just because I'm just not one to, when you have a little information, can I automatically make a comment? Mm -hmm. That's why social media, I always tell people I'm not from earth because, you know, just the way people do social media, it's a 10 second clip or 15 second clip. Um, or it's a headline, which you know, if you know blogs and stuff, is clickbait. So you still mm-hmm. need to do your own research before you really give your opinion on this topic. Like, how passionate am I going to get in my feelings about a topic or so? Right. And I think that also goes with self-control. Every trend is not a trend. Every trend should not be followed. Some things are very negative. Even mm-hmm. posting. Why would I... Oh, it's crazy, but why would I, if somebody passes away, why would I share 
their article and attach their name? Mm-hmm. Or why would I even post it if I have not seen family or people post it? Right. You know, or even with social media stuff, why would I share ne- negative content? Like, oh, there's a fight on somebody's page and, or whatever social media. Even like the whole George Floyd. I used to t- I tell people I got off. I had to get off social media. I said it was literally like murder porn mm-hmm. because I am being forced to keep watching this man die over and over. And do people not understand that you can be an advocate without necessarily, and you can be an advocate and control the narrative. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it the way that everybody else does it because sometimes it is definitely inappropriate or just inconsiderate, and it's mm-hmm. just like where is the morale? Right. And it's a full it's a full circle from the world to personal to you know just everything on how we handle things and at the end of the day that still goes back to the self-control because you need to have some control in everything that you're doing you only can speak for your actions yes i could say well everybody was doing it as our parents say everybody jump off the bridge you jump off of <laughs> well lately i mean we see a couple people jump off bridge and they going right up on it in the water and ain't coming back out mm-hmm. you know so it's like you have to control your narrative like what is best for you what mm-hmm. makes sense to you how do you want to be perceived and you can say i don't care if people think that's a lie Not so true. how do you want to be perceived how do you want to staple yourself how do you want to build your brand like mm-hmm. you need to control that narrative not everybody else you need to control boundaries i'm huge on that have my calendar stuff time oh you didn't make it okay cross name out cancel oh you won't get my time again because i'm in a space where people pay for my time Mm-hmm. you know or i'm in a space That's for somebody right. else where i'm trying to get what people pay for my time mm-hmm. you know and if i'm deciding to give you i don't care if it's supposed to go to the restaurant where you were inconsiderate mm-hmm. now i'm gonna be mindful the next time of how we do this if we even gonna go anywhere mm-hmm. you know and not being so caught up in just letting everybody else have that control or caught up in feelings like oh i really like this guy but yet he's ghost you how many times at some point mm-hmm. so you got to pull away mm, that's good i'm glad you said that because when it comes to your brand like that's what i do i help people with their brand image their logo design their website their personal image you know if you say i want to be taken seriously in this industry but i just don't know how to dress that's what people come to me for And I was explaining to students, I actually spoke here the other day about how you are your brand. So being on time is important. You can't go late to a meeting with your advisor or not show up and then not send an email as a courtesy to say, even if you don't tell them what was going on, I apologize. I wasn't able to make it today. Can we please reschedule, you know, Um, or just letting somebody know like, hey, I'm about to be 10 minutes late. That's a courtesy. It's out of respect. And a lot of people feel like, oh, well, whatever I got to do, I need to do for me and da 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 Like, I know I wouldn't have been no good if I came in here and didn't have that egg and cheese croissant, which. <laughs> However, I communicated that. Like, okay, right. you said you're coming early. I'm like, look, I'm going to be there at 11. I need to go get this right. breakfast. Right, and what I said, we agreed on this time. And right. even coming with early, I'm like, okay, cool. But this is the time we communicated, and we stayed in constant communication, where right. even if it was a delay, we both were very aware of where the next person was mm-hmm. in that time lapse. You exactly. Know? So, yeah. And that's respect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's common courtesy. So what I was explaining to them was, you are your brand. How you carry yourself, how you handle situations, people don't forget that. 
You know, they always say people may not remember everything you say, but they remember how you made them feel. So you have to carry yourself as such. And I know, uh, you know, the rapper Moneybag Yo, he has this song called Protect the Brand. And that's one of my favorite songs because you do have to protect it. You can't let people walk around talking about you any kind of way, slandering your name. That stuff matters. Granted, you don't have to address every little situation. No. Sometimes it's not worth it. Right. But when it is worth it, Absolutely. when it's impacting your bag, your livelihood, your mental health, your professional reputation, you need to say something about that. You need to make sure that your side of the story is heard. Some mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I don't, I don't care to tell my side of the story. Ma'am, this is work. You need to tell your side of the story. Like, there's a difference and there's a very delicate balance between doing too much right. and self-defense. And you got to defend yourself. You have to be able to advocate for yourself in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't look at it that way, especially if they're dealing with forces that they feel like are above them. Like, oh, well, I can't say anything because this is my supervisor. Or I can't say anything because that's my aunt. And if I say something about her talking about me, my mom is going to get mad. That doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care. I, and it's funny because actually, even here in this program at um, Central, they love me because one, I ask a lot of questions. Which, that's just because I need my own clarity because I want to keep these A's like I have. <laughs> and my mom always taught me the worst I can tell you is no. So I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask every question I have. I don't care if no hand goes up and mine go up 20 times. I'm going to ask because I need clarity for me. Mm-hmm. And then two, each one of them that I have went to on any other type of thing, the first thing they'll say is, oh yeah, I remember you because you asked a lot of questions. Or you asked questions of this thing. Or yeah, one thing I'm counting on is you're very honest. Like you're mm-hmm. very candid. And it's like, yes, because I just believe that's who I am. Like, I cannot be who other people want me to be because I've always had that mindset that you'll know. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Of course, I had to learn it with the vulnerability side. But collectively, it was like, you can't say you don't know it. You can't say you didn't hear from me. Mm. You know, so that was what I need because now, even with protecting my peace now, I'm okay. Like, I know everybody would say, you want to tell people why you stop talking and whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. My thing is, if I care about that person enough, depending mm-hmm. on the relationship, friendship, whatever ship, then I can let them know that you made me feel some type of way. That way, if it happens again, now I can remove myself. Mm-hmm. But that way, too. Now, I don't have to say, okay, I'm removing myself, but... That is me controlling the narrative because I did come to you. I expressed myself. I expressed my need or my concern. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was up to you because I can't make you do. You do what you do. Like like I say, you control your narrative. I control mine. Mm-hmm. So however you respond, though, when it comes to my need, now I'm going to act accordingly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to understand the assignment and remove myself <laughs> or handle my business elsewhere. Or, you know, we're just going to go ahead and start putting a little distance between this. Mm-hmm. But that always just goes back to, too, just being true to yourself. Like, if you're not true to you, how can you expect other people to take you if you're not true to you? Even right. building a brand. If you're out there just following trends all the time or doing what you see everybody else doing and then wondering why you're not gravitating people, I mean... Where is the personable skills? Where is you really just showing who you are within how your concept? Where is it you showing your brand really compared to, I just seen 10 videos like this or Mm -hmm. 10, you know, just statuses like this. Like, 
one young lady said she had started a blog and when she said she started a blog she was just like um oh nobody's liking my blog and i said well sweetheart you have to do the research that's one mm -hmm. two you're on facebook and you post some of everything and mm. you know to be honest the contents and stuff you post is not necessarily faith and and this isn't even a platform for you to do your blog because you kind of have like a family friend which i always tell people my facebook is my family friend page so right. it is all mixed in and i'm fine with that cause that's what that is but you're being mad at everybody for not following your blog. And then if your dream is not big, if your dream is not big enough to scare you, it's not big enough. Mm. And in her case, if your friends and family is your uh, target audience, yes, we, you're not dreaming big enough because mine isn't. I want them to be a part of things, but I'm thinking of a larger scale of mm. everything else. So I'm not here to, you know, make them feel good or whatever. So when they want free, I can say no, thank you, because I have built myself in a way where there's people who's you know giving me my worth. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and I um I didn't want to leave this question out about when self control is cultivated in you, but I did want to address first that aspect of your friends and family being your target audience, because as I explained to some of the students, sometimes they are. But a lot of times they are not. Right. So if you're finding in yourself in a space of frustration because you're not getting the support, the revenue, then you need to switch gears. Right. You know, but if that is where you're getting your support, they genuinely like your products. They're not just buying it or your service because that's my cousin or that's my niece. You know, it's like that makes a difference. Maybe they are who you're targeting. Maybe yeah, this demographic works. Too. But on the other hand, if you're like, oh, friends and family don't support me. I see that status all oh, the time. And it's like, look, sometimes people just don't want what you have. And are you consistent? Because the analogy that I use all the time is like, I used to have friends who did hair, but they would do hair between jobs. Or if they just needed a little extra money, and that's cool. But if I'm looking for a stylist and I want to keep my braids done, keep my locks retwisted, I can't come to you because you're not consistent. You know, so th all of that stuff matters and it goes into your branding, how you're presenting yourself. Is this a business or is it a hustle? Right. Like, let yes. me know what's going on. That's all So with that being said, <laughs> for uh, self-control, and you can choose either one of these, but when do you remember that skill being cultivated in you or tell us about a time where you actually had to use that skill? The biggest time that I remember, and I tell people because just a quick, I say like you're a your A1 day ones are replaceable too. And the only reason I say that is because the time when I was in undergrad, I had, oh, it's a long story on how I went back and forth with undergrad starting, you know, first time in 03, I didn't graduate until 2016. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of laps and stuff going on in there, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Long story short, I finally decided I wanted to go back to finish my undergraduate. I am a mother at this time. I'm in a relationship at this time, but this is also a time in my 20s where partying was just like, you know, the PowerPoint of our life. Like that was just it of partying and stuff like that. And so the biggest thing where I had to put self-control was just because my friends started to really be upset that I was missing in action mm. when I'm over here, you know, I'm in school. 
I'm a mother. Like, you're not understanding that I'm over here trying to build myself and reach my goals. And you all are in your feelings because I don't go out. Mm -hmm. So with them being in their feelings and being addicted to, you know, I sometimes say sometimes your A1s are addicted to your bad habits. Mm -hmm. And so in that situation, it was like, instead of encouraging me and supporting me, you know, you will purposely try to do things to try to pull me into that world or come on, let's go out when you know. So I had to control and use my self-control by sticking to my goal, you know, mm-hmm. sticking to my plan. Yes, it's different. Yes, I'm tired. Yes, I'm stressed. I, I would rather go party in this than third. Oh, my friends are getting mad. You know, I'm feeling some type of way about that. But at the end of the day, I have to put me first. I have a goal. I purposely want to. I've always said I wanted to finish. So now that I'm in it, and yes, it's hard and different, I have to stick with my plan and not the plan that everyone sees for me. Because right mm. now, whatever you all have planned for me consists of us just getting lit and then whatever, ever, we might even fight and then go back home and then that's it, try to do it again. When I am a mom, you know, and I want to finish school. So... I just had to use self-control real hard in that moment just because it is hard when you have close friends that you're noticing you're starting to just distance yourself from because you're not on the same path, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in your early 20s. And that is literally um, a psychological stage of finding yourself and then that peer support. So when you're not having that peer support as you need it, it can deter you. Mm -hmm. But in my case was... I just knew what my goal was. I knew the reason, you know, my why. I always tell people that's my biggest thing. I always remember my why. And so it stuck me to that. And I'm glad it did because then we did create those distances. But then as years go, where they are in their life at those times, I was way past that. And I was able to just excel for myself and my journey and my career and my parenting that I just appreciate the fact that I took that time for me and really focused on, you know, controlling the narrative and not being into what everybody else wanted for Mm, me. Right. And that is, that's difficult. It really is. But I'm really glad that you found the strength in yourself to really pull that out and be like, you know what, I've got to make this sacrifice because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And in life, we make so many sacrifices for the things that we want. But I would rather sacrifice for that greater goal than be forced to sacrifice the things that I really want. You're always sacrificing something. But am I sacrificing temporarily for this, the grand prize? Or am I forced to sacrifice what I really want because I'm not willing to discipline myself? Right. So I really love that. But this is the perfect place to... And I just want to say thank you so much. Thanks for for having me, love. I love being here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that you feel that way. Definitely will have to invite you back. And if these individuals want to reach out to you for any reason, how can they contact you? They can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I do have a TikTok, but don't follow me there. <laughs> and I only just say that because it's not built. But my Instagram does have my email as well. So it is Shelly underscore D. And that is C-H-E-L-E-Y underscore D as in dog. Perfect. Just the letter D. Alrighty. Well, y'all heard it here first. Shelly D, the social worker, mother, substance use counselor, all of that good stuff all wrapped in one. Thank you once again. And I will talk to all of you in the next episode. Peace and love.